Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for Modern Living with Dr. Angela. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Chester. We are talking about astronomical deliverance today, the dynamics of redemption with Dr. Garfield Dankler. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Garfield. He is a Christian family, uh, including his wife, Florence, and their three adult sons. Now, he has been a professor at the City University of New York, Medgar Evers College campus, and has taught a couple of other colleges as well. He is an ordained Christian minister and pastoral community counselor. So, of course, I cannot wait to talk to him today about his book. Hello, Dr. Garfield. Thank you so much for joining me on Modern Living with Dr. Angela. Hello, Dr. Angela. Glad Thank you so much program. for being on with me today. Now, I can't wait to talk to you about your book. So first, I have to ask, that's such an interesting title, Astronomical Deliverance, The Dynamics of Redemption. How did you come about such a title? Well, um, built into the title itself um, is what motivated me to come up with such a title. Uh, it's astronomical because it's a theology and uh, science book. Astronomical is talking about astronomy. The book does include astronomy in it, but the gospel is wrapped in the science of astronomy as well as in some other sciences as well, biology, quantum mechanics. So that's a unique feature of the book, and it also stimulated me coming up with such a title, scientific as well as uh, biblical, scriptural, theological. Do you think that for for many people that are of faith that they have a hard time understanding that the two are complementary instead of contradictory? Angela, yes, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes, Un- mm-hmm. yes. Unfortunately, many think, as a matter of fact, there are Christians who shy away from the sciences simply because yeah. they believe that it will destroy faith. My experience is that it builds faith. The handiwork of God is so evident in his creation that as I study the sciences, I bow in awe and worship before the almighty God that created me and saved me. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to agree with you there. I happen to be one of those people who um, believe that they, too, are complementary of each other. So I, I definitely, I definitely am walking down this path that you are creating for us in this book. Now, for many authors, there um, there's a particular thing that kind of triggers them or prompts them to say, you know what, I need to put this book out, and I need to put this book out now. Now, I know that you are a person of education, and many times just the fact that we possess said education, we want to share with the world. But did you have a particular event or anything that triggered you that said, now is the time and the world needs to hear this? Well, it's a couple of factors, maybe more than a couple, not maybe, definitely more than. There's a trend 
in higher education today. As a matter of fact, the statistics reveal that 70% of Christians, professing Christians, who go to institutions of higher learning to do the sciences never return to the church. 70%. And uh, so I myself have taught at university and I have had students who have come up to me, some surprise, you know, uh, Professor mm-hmm. Dantler, you mean to tell me you really believe in, 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 in Christ and you really believe in the Bible? And so I've had to interface with students, feel that, hey, science and Christianity are incompatible. So I, was, I felt that in the light of current trends in academia, in the light of questions being asked by a number of Christians, this was an appropriate time to put forward a book that really uh, embraces mm-hmm. the issues that we are confronted with. I have to agree with you there, and I, I think especially in today's society, in today's culture, where many people are turning away from away from faith or away from the church, um, and it's as though they're they're trying to replace one belief with another. Um, to suit whatever society says at the time. So I, I definitely, definitely understand you there. Now, as far as the ideal reader is concerned, I know that many authors will write their book for a certain age group, you know, that it might be great for teens or young adults or for caregivers or for someone going through a particular life stage or phase. When you wrote the book, did you include or write it in a way that even our our teenagers, let's say high schoolers, would be able to understand? Or, or would you say that perhaps they need a little bit more life experience or education and, and it's better for someone who is college age and older? Well, um, I was a school counselor in a high school here in New York. And I, even though I was a counselor, I fill in when the science teacher was absent so I could speak about one particular place where I integrated science with scripture when I taught because it's a Christian school. Um, I would say yes, um, a high schooler would need a little bit perhaps more background or at least be current in terms of what is happening on in the scientific arena, but you really mm-hmm. do not need technical scientific knowledge in order to be able to appreciate and grasp this book. So it really caters for a wide spectrum of the population. Yes, I have been told that a particular college is contemplating actually getting the book for its department. Yes, but that doesn't at all cancel out the fact that the book can be read by a high school student who is into the sciences uh, because the book really doesn't require technical scientific knowledge at all. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for, for giving us that, that clarification, because there may be someone out there that's interested, and they were thinking, ah, oh, man, but maybe I have to know, you know, a little bit more about the sciences. So thank you so much for, for making that clarification that that is not, um, don't let that distract you, that you explain it all in the book. I love it. I love it. Now, one of the things that, that I love that you do, um, other than the fact that you are an ordained minister, you also do um, uh, pastoral care for 
and in your community. I want to kind of shift just a little and ask you, um, why why do you feel that pastoral as a pastoral counselor, um, I, I I'm asking you know for a particular reason, but why do you think that pastoral care and counseling is important for one's community? Well, one um, counseling arena that is really a secular-based type of counseling. Um, I think that there is a need, really, for the Christian not to remain reticent in a culture where you have so many strands. We are called to give the gospel. Sure, when I am doing counseling, I'm not doing a Bible study per se, but I think that there is the demand, a tremendous demand for pastoral counselors, Christian counselors in the community in order to stem the tide of a powerful secularism that is really polluting the community. That might be sung as a pretty biased kind of orientation, but I'm not apologetic <laughs> for making it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could not. I cannot agree with you more. And I know that that is one of the things that that motivates me and keeps me going. Is that um, for for so many people, I, I think they believe that um, that our world doesn't affect who we are. Um, and in fact, I think our worlds do uh, have a push and a pull on us. And if as kingdom builders, we too are not having a push and a pull on our communities, then perhaps. Um, uh, those people of faith will be pushed or pulled in the wrong direction. So I have to agree with you. We have to we have to have our seat at the table, or our voice needs to be heard just as much as anyone else's. So I have to agree with you there. No, do you think? Do you think that? Um, because you you are a professor, because you have taught uh, various age groups that writing a book was perhaps a little easier or or you were able to organize it in a way that was simple for the reader to understand because you do have that teaching background? To a certain extent, yes. Um, this is actually my first book. And so reading it over as a professor, uh, as a teacher at the high school level, I have seen, so I'm not going to give the impression that it is free of deficits. There are some uh, things that I would do differently in my second book, which is which I'm currently writing. So uh, certainly, yes, being a person in the classroom, when I was writing the book, I was cognizant of a student population, but I might have focused a bit uh, too heavily on the college um, uh, student population, and that is open for grabs. Some feel that, you know, that is not the case. I have been a professor, you know, I've taught at various schools, so it is natural for that element right, to kind of come right. out. <laughs> but Absolutely. I think everybody, and I think know, other students could it. grasp it. Mm -hmm, yes, you can mm -hmm. help it. And you know, Mm -hmm. 
we can't we can't help who we who we are. So I I think that um you know hindsight of course is twenty twenty like you said, but I think it is awesome that you included uh, students of various levels. So that is that is awesome. Well, Dr. Garfield Dankler, thank you so much for visiting with me here on Modern Living with Dr. Antoinette. But before I let you go, can you please remind everyone of the title of your book? Where can we get a copy? And of course, how do we stay in contact with you? Okay, the um, the title of the book is Astronomical Deliverance: The Dynamics of Redemption. It is available at Amazon Bookstore. It is available at Barnes and Noble. Those are two major um, bookstores where it is available. Um, I have a website. That is G-A-F-L-O-D-A-N-E-L-M dot com, Gaflodan dot com. That's my website. So people can keep in contact with me through, well, um, Facebook, YouTube, my website. Absolutely. Thank you again, Dr. Garfield, for spending time with us here on Modern Living with Dr. Angela. Thank you for having me on. And listeners, you know what is next. I love going to our international leaderboard because it lets me know where you are tuning in from. Coming in in the number one spot is my home country, the good old U.S. of A. Thanks, America, for being number one. Number two is the Philippines. Hey, cousins in the Philippines. Australia, oh, Australia has moved up to the number three spot. Thanks, Australia, for tuning in. Number four, my neighbors to the north. Hey, Canada, thanks for being number four. And in the number five spot is Russia. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in and making the show an international success. We appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and spending time with me here. And it doesn't matter if you're listening to this live as it rolls out or you're listening to a replay on one of the various platforms. We thank you for spending time. Don't forget to like and follow so that you can hear other amazing interviews. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.